Welcome to Falcons Drip, your go-to source for Falcons news and draft coverage. I'm Thon Ray, founder and voice of Falcons Drip. Hello, everybody. We are back once again. Um, I'm joined by Jeff, as always. We just watched the Atlanta Falcons beat the Panthers. Beat the Panthers. We just watched the Atlanta Falcons beat the Jaguars 21 to 14. A win's a win. I know people try and give the Jaguars, like, you know, this is the Jags or two and nine, blah, blah, blah. But the reality is the Jags have some things that they do pretty well. I mean, they're the third against the run, and we, dare I say, ran all over them. We did a great job. And I mean, it mainly comes down to having Patterson back for that to be so successful, I think. But the offensive line did do a good job of opening some some holes to make it possible. Yeah, and those are some things that we're definitely going to dive into. I wanted to start out today's podcast by I wanted to single out a certain player, and that's Keith Smith. I mean, Keith Smith, just say it what it is. The, my man's a football player. I, I love what I saw from him this weekend. I mean, he did a great job blocking. He's been a little more active in the offense in general the past couple weeks, and he may need to get a, a not a ton more touches, but maybe he needs to be incorporated just a little bit more. I mean, he he did a good job catching and making running after the catch too. He delivered that nasty stuff arm. I mean, it's he's playing great on special teams, like you said, blocking. He did a good job catching the ball out of the backfield. He didn't run the ball, I don't think, this week, but last week he ran the ball decently. It was last week, two weeks ago. can't remember, but recently he ran the ball. He looked pretty good. So I just I wanted to start off by saying, Keith Smith, you're doing a heck of a job, and you really showed why you deserve to be on a roster, why you're one of the best fullbacks in the league. And you know, because you're a fullback, you're underappreciated. So I just want to let you know, we here at Falcons Drip, we appreciate you. That we do, definitely. All right. So moving on to our first topic, and how could that not be Patterson? And we missed him so much last week, and even when he was hurt and didn't play much against Dallas. And it really shows, like, having that second whip, having that second weapon to Pitts how important that is for this offense because before because without him it was pits and basically pits alone yeah and it made it way too easy for defenses they could really just try and take pits away and and dare some of our other guys to to do anything and you even saw some residual effects from patterson being so good gage had one of his better games of the year because at this point he's being looked at as a third option and he can he can make plays off that mhm and it's important too like because Pitts didn't do great. I mean, he had two catches, I think, for 37 yards or something like that, maybe 27. But if you watch the defense, all eyes are on Pitts all the time. Yeah, Patterson tore it up. Patterson can be moved around a lot, a little bit more than Pitts can be. But all eyes are on Pitts always, and you can tell. You can tell when they're man-to-man, they usually have multiple guys on them. When it's a zone, multiple people have their eyes on Pitts, so... But Patterson being back allows us to have another weapon. It's harder for them to guard guard both of these guys. And like you said, the effects for Gage are now Gage has less attention. He has less eyes on him. And the guys that are guarding him typically aren't as good as they would be if Patterson is not in the game. Yeah, it worked out really well. And, and Patterson did a great job running and 
made it a lot easier, put us in better situations. You get third and shorts instead of, you know, third and longs. And he was the first Falcon to have 100 yards rushing in a game, I think, since 2019. Well, thankfully that streak's over because that's that's not a good streak to have. Yeah, and it was the, I, I want to say it was the second longest active streak. So, <laughs> like you said, good thing it's over. Another thing to point out is Patterson, while running the ball, he had, I think he averaged 6.8 yards per carry. And like I said, and like I said, this defense was third best against the run defense in the entire NFL. So our offensive line was really putting in the work. Patterson was dominant and we really needed that against a team. I know this is a lesser team compared to us as far as just overall talent level and coaching level. But this is a game that we needed to have. I know it doesn't feel like a good season, but right now we're the eighth seed. I mean, we're one one spot out of the playoffs. Like this win keeps us right there. So if we can mm-hmm. just keep just keep getting wins, it won't take much for us to slide in. Yeah, absolutely. And another thing to consider too is. You know, everybody's worried. Not everybody. I'm worried. I, I think Jeff's worried. And I'm sure people listening to this now are worried if they weren't already before. But Patterson being so dominant and us having such little cap space next year, it's like, how can we keep him? It's going to be tough. It's going to be really tough. I mean, he, he has to be a, one of the top priorities. And this was a, a quote from him. Um, maybe not direct word for word, but he said, I'm a big part of this offense. You can tell that from the outside looking in. It's a no-brainer, man. I love it here. So he loves it here. Arthur Smith loves him. The players love him. This is the first time in his career he's actually been used appropriately, and he knows that. So hopefully him and his agent and Fontenot, they can work something out where we can keep him, even if it's it's very much guaranteed money and backloaded money so next year he won't be a huge hit against the cap space and then maybe in the year after that or the year after that it's more of a cap up yeah i think if this team is going to continue to be a contending team they have to do something like that like if if they want to start a rebuild next year that's a that's a different thing i don't think anybody really wants that but if you're planning on being a contender he has to come back because there's no way we can replace him with any anybody else with with our cap space and basically where we're at. And I want to say this, Patterson is the closest thing to Derrick Henry of any person or thing in the NFL. Why do I say that? Because he's a little bit shorter than Henry, 6'3", 6'4", he's 240 pounds, so 10 pounds less than Henry is. And also similar to Henry, it feels like he needs like 3 or 4 steps to really get going and get moving. And he's a lot harder to bring down. He's not as strong as Henry is, but he's a much better receiver than Henry. But he's the closest thing. You know, time for King Henry to set his crown aside so King Patterson can take over the league. <laughs> One 100-yard game, and you're already at King. Uh, oh, this is not his first 100-yard game, just his first 100-yard game rushing. That's what I mean. Uh, he's good, though. He's real good. I'm <laughs> If he can keep I'm, I'm, if he can keep this up and we can improve our offensive line, improve our weapons, and just improve our team in general, I mean, he we will see ridiculous Madden type numbers from him going forward. Yeah, it's certainly certainly possible. We just need, like you said, everybody has to continue to get better. 
So let's talk about this offense line that looked dominant against this pretty good run defense. Coach Smith has been harping on running the ball all week long since we lost against really he's been really it's been all year. Let's just say that. He but this past week everyone talked about how he made that a priority. And I don't know if you noticed but when Dalman was in because Dalman and Hennessy were they were switching drives, which was the plan all along. Dalman actually got one less drive than Hennessy. It just felt like a lot of the plays where Dalman was in, they were running the ball. Yeah, so there's a lot of confidence with him. All right, it seems like. The interesting thing is you can't really switch them in and out depending on what play type you're running because you'll be obviously signaling what's going on. Yeah, and and Arthur Smith said that that's not what was happening. They were just taking two drives on, two drives off, two drives on, two drives off. But it's pretty cool to see like you wouldn't be able to do this with us with the center position if you didn't have an experienced quarterback like Matt Ryan able to kind of control the offense and understand what was going on and you know he was able to help out with some of the line checks and that sort of stuff now when you look at the like rushing success rate and the touchdowns when Hennessy was in for five he was in for five drives the success rate running the ball was 52.9 percent when Dahlman was in for four drives, it was 55.6%. Then there were two touchdowns with Hennessy and one touchdown with Dahlman. There were three 10-yard runs with Hennessy, two 10-yard runs with Dahlman. So, like, these guys are pretty comparable at this point, but it's pretty awesome to see Dahlman really starting to push Hennessy for that starting spot. I mean, he's that's essentially what's happening. He's losing time because Dahlman's looking good. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a good thing to see the rookies growing. I mean, we got to see a lot of rookies come in this week. And, and play some pretty big roles. Yeah, they, they, our rooks look good for sure. We've got a lot of young players that are, are looking great. I mean, Richie Grant played a ton. Darren Hall played a lot. Mayfield's playing a lot. And all the, AO looked awesome. And all those guys are looking great. Pitts is the really, I know Patterson's dominant, but Pitts is really the, the staple of our offense at this point, and he's getting all the attention. Meanwhile, you know, Darby looks good on special teams. And then a lot of our second year guys are looking good. AJ, Michael Walker, Foyer, who's pretty young. Marlon Davidson had that forced fumble last week. Like these guys are starting to kind of show up and that's what we need in order for this team to be successful. We just need it to be happening on a more consistent basis. Definitely. Just going back to the offensive line, PFF grades, all of our offensive linemen or most of our other offensive linemen uh, were in our top five. Three out of the five were in our top five. So Caleb McGarry, Jake Matthews, and then, of course, the all-star, Chris Lindstrom. All, all three of those guys played really well. And the other thing I noticed this week was we had a lot more usage of tight ends slash fullbacks. And you could see that, that to help Matt out some, there was some protection help. And we talked mm. in the preview how have to take away Josh Allen. They did that. They did a great job of it. And that's that's part of why we were able to be successful. Yeah, they chipped him. They were doubling him. All eyes were on Josh Allen, which, you know, like you said, allowed this team to really move the ball. So with that being said, we won. Our team looked good. And I would say this was, this was one of Matt Ryan's worst games. I mean, obviously the last two weren't great, but I wouldn't have put the blame on him a lot of, time, a lot of the times. But this game, Matt looked off for sure. I mean, there was times he was holding on to the ball for too long. He missed some wide open passes. Just didn't look great compared to the Matt Ryan we're used to seeing. Yeah, it was very uncharacteristic of him. 
especially because like like we just talked about the protection was better this week so it's it's not like it has been where he's trying just to do anything he can to stay alive and you make some mistakes when that happens he had time a lot this week and and still missed some throws even on like the Russell Gates touchdown it was behind Gage and he had to spin to catch it mm-hmm. so it was just a very uncharacteristic game hopefully he's done with that and yeah we can move on and and with some of it too you almost have to wonder like how much of it were our wide receivers still tend to struggle at times to get separation so when you are doing like more max protect stuff and you're sending Kyle Pitts out and he's got three guys on him and our wide receivers aren't getting separation it makes it really tough and and I'm not saying that that's what the issue was because like you said there there were times there were open receivers and Matt was just missing them and even like you said, his his touchdown, I want to point this out too. Gage's touchdown, if you watch that play, all eyes are on Pitts again. Pitts was triple teamed and Gage was able to get open from it. And that's the kind of stuff that we need our receivers to do. And Matt can't be missing missing balls. Like if we want to win and we want to beat these great teams, then we want to beat the good teams. We want to beat the teams that are on that are on our level. We can't have Matt playing poorly. No, certainly not. We're gonna need him to definitely step back up to where he normally is if we're going to make if we're going to finish this playoff push we can't do it we can beat a team like jacksonville maybe we can squeak out against a team like a carolina or the saints who are kind of you know spiraling downwards a little bit those two teams but a team like san francisco who's starting to get hot at the right time the bucks the bills even a tough lions team who i know they're defeated right now besides one tie but if matt comes and he plays poorly we can lose any game because the quarterback is the most important position on the field so unless we can really continue to run the ball and dominate that way it'll be tough for us to get over something like that so let's move on to our defense because again i think our defense has been playing so well you can see it's growing the team the defense is growing as a whole and dean pease has talked about that right he went out and had this giant playbook from week, at week one, and our guys clearly weren't ready. They were confused. They were mixing things up. And he's been slowly installing things week to week and adding more and more and more. And you can really see it start to shine. Yeah, the defense did a, did a good job this week, you know, holding Jacksonville to 14 points. That's what we need to do to win games. I mean, that's that's all good. So... It was nice to see them execute on most levels. I mean, there really weren't too many like uh, real issues this week. The thing is, is Atlanta has really been a bend but don't break defense, right? We've really been limiting teams to field goals, which has been huge for us. I mean, 14, if you look at the score, you think, oh, two touchdowns, but it was a touchdown and a two-point conversion. But holding teams to field goals is awesome, especially if your offense is going to be able to move the ball. The only thing I I don't like to see is, I mean, it just feels like it's almost like a Falcons trait over the past few years. The second half, they always seem to let teams back in when they're winning. I mean, I know that we beat them, but got up 21-3, to and then you kind of get nervous as Jacksonville Mm. scores the last 11 points of the game. Yeah, it was hard for offense, and again, it was hard for our offense to really get going, And but our defense held up when they needed to, and, and that was the most important thing. I want to talk about Grady Jarrett for a little bit because he's so good and he really sets up this entire defense. 
similarly to Pitts, when I talk about all eyes on him on offense, same thing on defense. Everybody's watching Grady Jarrett, and he does so well. And we, the league, Falcons fans, and us on this podcast, don't give him enough credit because we just expect that from him, and he shows up every game. Yeah, I, I do a horrible job of ever giving him his his kudos. I guess it's just like you said, he always always plays well. So it's like it. it I, what are we gonna say every week? Like Grady Jarrett was dominant. Like <laughs> I don't think anybody would <laughs> wants to hear that every single time we get on the mic. You know, I'm gonna start uh, every week. I'm gonna. I want to give like shout out to Grady. <laughs> Even if something as small as that, because he is the definitely the leader of this of this defense. Meanwhile, our entire team was getting pressure, which was awesome to see. Our D line looked good. I know that Jags offensive line is not great, but our D line looked good. Um, we didn't have to send as many blitzes, but even when we blitzed, some of the blitzes looked they were close to getting home. Trevor Lawrence did an excellent job escaping the pocket, extending plays. He's very deceptively fast. Yeah, and it also I I would imagine too they they did some game planning of using the quarterback running with the issues we've had with those type of quarterbacks mm-hmm. this week or this year, so it kind of felt like that was part of the game plan at times. Like you could see some some read options, and I'm sure that they said like if you, if you get into some trouble back there, look to see if you can escape. And, and so the pressures are awesome, but we really need to we need to finish. Yeah, because we came away with with one sack, even though we got a, a bunch of pressure. Mm-hmm. Which nice sack by Fowler. Great sack for fumble. It's a, it's everything you want except next time. Hopefully, we'll end up with the ball. But everything he could have done was awesome. Meanwhile, we had a couple of other turnovers though this game. If you want to continue on the D line front, Anthony Rush is going to have to get paid in the off season too. If he's gonna if he's gonna make plays like that. Yeah, I mean he he's look he's looked. Just like a great signing. I mean, I, I said this the game after they were playing. Like, Fontenot, just he's done an excellent job of bringing in talent with not a lot of money. Definitely, and you know, getting a getting a forced fumble from him was great. And you talk about the other turnover too. Like Harmon had a nice pick on. I'm not sure what if if Trevor thought he had a free play or what was going on there, but. He kind of airmailed one a little far, and, and Harmon made a great play. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he thought he had a free play, but just Harmon's ability to even go and even pick that up was still awesome. Can't take anything away from him. So another thing I want to talk about on defense, like when A.J. Terrell got hurt, like when he's not in the game, it shows. Yeah, uh, it certainly does. Like Williamson is not A.J. Terrell like by any means. I kind of would have liked to have seen Darren Hall kind of take over that outside role just because we've seen Williamson out there before. We kind of know how that goes. It's He has a tough time, and then especially because he, he was matched up on Tavon Austin, who has some, some real speed, even though he hasn't really ever found a home in the NFL. It's not because he doesn't have the athleticism to be in the NFL. And so he was a tough cover, and, and it led to a touchdown. Mm-hmm. And that's what, you know, that's what offenses will do. You get a new cornerback in, a guy who's maybe coming off the bench, hasn't really played. Typically, he's not as good because that's your fourth or fifth guy. They're going to go after him right away, and that's what they did, and, and that's why we gave up, gave up the touchdown. If A.J. Terrell's in there, that's not a touchdown. We're still rolling. We're not even thinking about possibly losing this game. Yeah. 
As long as AJ Terrell was in there, he and he and Fabian did a fantastic job, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I think just to, to what you were saying, I think Dar- after that touchdown, I think Darren Hall then did get some outside reps after that. <laughs> yeah, I, that's what I I believe I saw as well. But you know, he he'd been having a good game. I just I kind of wanted just to see yeah. him move out there, anyways, because like I said, we kind of know what we're getting with Williamson. Hall's been yeah. playing well. I know he's not really an ideal outside corner but that tackle he had on Wolf. Chanel, I mean that was awesome <laughs> he, he well that's what we knew we were getting with him right was we knew he was a downhill player mm-hmm. he loves to have the if if he can break on something he's going as hard and as fast as he can yeah just I mean again I, I know I mentioned this earlier but just an awesome awesome player and, and he's doing great and and you can really see the plan that DMPs has for these guys and see them starting to come into their own and getting more comfortable and, and really playing. And I'm glad we're doing it this way instead of just kind of throwing him into the fire and ruining his confidence. And and just like Darren Hall, Richie Grant has looked good. He looked really good this past game as well. I mean, he's all over the field. Very, very good job by him, especially because, like you said, he's he's getting moved into a lot of different spots. And you see him on special teams too. Like he's coming up on special teams. He's all over on defense. Like – I'm excited for what the future holds for Richie Grant and Hawkins. Like those guys are going to be good for us for a while. It certainly looks that way. So the last thing I wanted to talk about before we kind of give some final thoughts is we already, we already gave Terry a shout out, but he did it again. I mean, our new punter, Thomas Morstead, former Saint, he looked awesome. Yeah. He, yes, he is a former Saint, but he was a jet after that. So he went, he learned his lesson by playing on <laughs> jets for a little while. And then he came to the good team, but five punts, almost 45 yards a punt, but he pinned them in the 20 three times. And another time was almost pinned in and it bounced into the end zone a little bit, but like he might've been our best punter so far this year. Uh, yeah. I would say he, he was our, our best punter this year. I don't think we've had a consistent pinning people down like we would have liked, I think. So keep it up, Terry. You're you're doing great. I, I know a lot of people that don't know football and a lot of people that don't know what they're talking about um, like to talk and say, oh, they've done nothing, this, that, and the other thing. But we don't have a lot of, of money to move around. We don't have a lot of, of flexibility. We don't have a lot of flexibility. And Terry's doing a great job bringing guys in that that are contributing to this football team well with that jeff do we have any final thoughts or anything from the game that you feel like we should mention or talk about uh there's there's one thing we didn't bring up when we were talking about cordero and it's he's so valuable to us now he's not on kickoff anymore which mm. is how he made his whole nfl career so it's kind of funny to think that one of the greatest kickoff returners of all time is now so valuable to us He's not on kickoff. And not, Avery does a good job, so it works out, but still, it's interesting. And that's something I brought up, too, like earlier on in the years. I was wondering how long he would be on kickoff. And I wonder, too, do you think that's because of him being injured, or do you think we'll see him back on kickoff by the time the year's over? Well, considering he's been on a limited snap count all year, I would think since, I mean, we saw the most rushes from him that we've seen in any game all year I would think it's partly that that limiting factor you can only give them so many plays I guess in their mind so they took him off kickoff because 
it's not as valuable necessarily as actually having him on on for the offensive plays. They took him off kickoff so he could play some defense. And I don't know if you guys know <laughs> that or not, but he played a little deep safety for us in prevent. <laughs> so awesome. Just glad to have him back. Another thing, just talking about running backs, I wanted to point out it was third and 13, I think. And Matt just dumped the ball off to Mike Davis and Mike Davis had a ridiculous run getting us the first down and, and we ended up scoring on that drive. So I just wanted to say like, I saw that it was an awesome play by Mike Davis and he's not the same player that Patterson is, but I still think he's good. Good. You brought that up because I think part of his success on that play is sometimes he can have a tendency to chop his feet a little bit and he just went on that play mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. and he was, he looked a little bit more decisive in general this game and so I don't know if he's been watching how Patterson's been successful in this this system, and maybe he's trying to change up his game a little bit mm. to kind of fit mm-hmm. this offense. I mean, that that's what I was wondering when I watched this game. And he had a great chip on Josh Allen, too, that play. I think it was Josh Allen, but great chip on the defensive end. So, again, I know a lot of people are like, oh, the Falcons, we, we've beaten teams that are under 500. We've only beaten bad teams, whatever. Being in the mix for the playoffs is so good for this team culture. Like just, it completely can change the dynamic. Like if you watched Matt Ryan's interview at the end of the game and they brought up about how we're in the eighth team right now. And he says going into December, being in playoff talks, like I'll take it. We've been out of the playoffs so early the last two years. This is a huge step for us. And we're the first time head coach, like the sky's the limit. Yeah. You have to imagine it'll only get better from here. One last thing, guys, before we end, Pro Bowl voting is out. Our guys are not going to make the Pro Bowl if we don't vote for them. So make sure you guys are going out, voting for them. Don't vote for anybody else because when you vote for other people, then, you know, they get just they get votes, too. So just vote for our guys, um, you know, especially Patterson, especially A.J. Terrell, Grady Jarrett, Foyer, Debo, Jake Matthews, Chris Lindstrom. And you better believe I'm throwing all my votes towards Jalen Hawkins too. <laughs> Don't forget about Kyle Pitts as well. I mean, he's actually the the leader right now in for the NFC and Pro Bowl votes for a tight end. Do not forget him. So yeah, we need to keep him in the lead. I like it. Again, this is Thon Ray. You guys can follow us at Falcons underscore drip on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Please make sure you subscribe, follow, whatever you need to do to get the alert for our next episode. If you guys enjoyed today, please leave us a review. It always helps us grow. Until then, see you next time. Rise up. Beep.